0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the l- lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Well, I was strolling downtown. I had nothing to do in my broad brim hat and my shot true shoes, standing on the corner of a busy street. Everybody kept on looking at me. Sunglasses after dark, oh yeah Hell, you really look sharp wearing sunglasses after dark Hell, I went out last Friday night I got myself in a big street fight Everybody's getting whooped, including me Cause they wouldn't Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 124. Fredo Esparza here and this week we look back at Triple Mania 28 followed by everything that happened afterwards. Actually even before that there was news about Triple A prior to that but it really got a lot worse after Triple Mania for Triple A. And we'll also talk about the recent passing of Dr. Alfonso Morales and I mean, unfortunately, there's been a lot of bad news the past couple of day, days or the last week or so uh, when it comes to Lucha Libre. So, um, hopefully, this won't be a completely depressing episode of the Lucha World podcast because we do talk about Triple Mania, which I thought was a a very good show. Um, but once we got after, once we got past that, although I think even during that show, we kind of had a feeling there might be something more to come from triple a because about i think the week the a few days prior to the triple mania show um there was a the cups fan actually reported that there was a legal battle between lucha libre fmb and promociones antonio peña within a california court which is basically triple a suing triple a um you have the 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 group that is represented within Lucha Libre FMB that consists of um, all the people that started, kind of got got involved with trying to expand it internationally, like, you know, their involvement within Lucha Underground, other digital platforms that they were trying to do. Um, Anything they were doing internationally, they had an involvement. Um, The group included Alex Garcia, Antonio Kay, and John Fogelman, and um, they are suing Dorian Roldan and Marisela Pena, who is the Mexico AAA side. Um, they are claiming that they own rights to any money AAA would make outside of the borders of Mexico. Um, they so that's that's been a big a big issue that I think is going to be not only the big news from the this twenty twenty probably number two right behind COVID nineteen and how it's impacted. Um, everyone's lives, not just Lucha Libre, but fans, people everywhere. Um, but, you know, as far as within Lucha Libre, the fact that this lawsuit um, could very much, well, change Triple uh, A as far as what happens beyond um, this year and into 2021 and further along because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, we'll talk about that after we go through Triple Mania because really the second part of the whole story came about a few days after Triple Mania. Uh, But, you know, Triple Mania was actually a pretty good show. Um, Of course, it was an empty arena show held at the Arena Ciudad de Mexico on Saturday, December 12th. And really, I think that was the only thing I thought was um, the only negative about the show was the fact that there were no fans and I kind of still feel that with Lucha Libre, if you don't have fans, um, there's a little bit of an element that is completely lost. I think, I think singles matches all over the you know not just in in, in the United States or Japan, Mexico even in Mexico, singles matches work perfectly fine. But um, since Lucha, there's a lot of trios and multi-person matches. It makes it very difficult um, for those people to get reactions. Not to mention the, the wrestlers that depend on that because of their gimmicks. Um, it makes it it makes it a little bit more difficult for them to do. Um, to really come across a little bit bigger than they do when it's an empty arena. Um, but the show I thought was pretty good. If you're... Unfortunately, I think you could still watch in the Lucha Esteca, um YouTube channel. Um, you could search that out. I think they have the final, the second half of the show from about the Marvel characters all the way to the main event. Um, but everything else, unfortunately, I, I wish I could tell you guys to check it out, but um, it really isn't... it. Even on Facebook, I think uh, there was only like the second half of the show. Um, the YouTube, we'll talk about that later. Like I said, but the, the video when it when it was on YouTube it was quickly taken down, uh, which at first people thought you know maybe they're just getting rid of the some something that didn't pass the YouTube um, requirements that that you know either doesn't get a strike or doesn't get um, caught by another pro- company. And obviously there was a lot more on the show besides, besides just AAA, the wrestlers themselves, there was, a, and even the music that they use now, it's very, um, it's more of AAA music than, than anything else. So um, I don't think that would have been an issue, but yeah, it, as far as that show, um, I thought the last two matches were excellent. Uh, the, the title match between Kenny Omega and Loretto Kid was awesome. Uh, the, the, the main event with Pagano and Chessman was a spectacle uh, but it was a really well done spectacle, and then the first two matches I thought were pretty good. Um, the middle part of the show was a little bit more difficult, um, including the Marvel um, lucha match. I wasn't a big fan of it. Just kind of it kind of just felt like a match with guys doing moves, move after move after move, which is kind of like taking away the essence of lucha libre and just doing move after move. Um, that's kind of what it felt like more. Um, so it it it. And then there's the lady, the the women's match, which I thought was was really, really bad. Um, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I think Dave Meltzer gave it a dud. Um, I totally agree with that because I thought it was, I was expecting. It's funny because I said I had high expectations for that match and it ended up not even coming close to delivering like okay expectations. Uh, But I heard a few people say that they didn't have high expectations for that no matter what. But, you know, I kind of had, I kind of had just because the six women that were listed are all pretty good. Um, and it should have still been good just because there was enough good workers in the match where it should have been a good match. Uh, but let's start with the opener. Bodel del Norte, Carta Brava Jr., Mochocota Jr., and Tito Santana beating Dinastia, Maximo, and Mr. Iguana. I thought this was a good match. Um, Dinastia replaced Nino Hamburguesa in this match. Um, you really, honestly, like, between the, the technical side with Nino Hamburguesa was more of a, a crowd-pleasing type of trio. So I don't know if you really needed them in this type of, um, empty arena environment. Um, I think it was enjoyable as far as the people watching it on online, the, on the feed, but it wasn't something that was, um, I think Dynastia did a, did a great job. Um, I thought the trio, the, I thought the, the, the whole match was good. I, the only thing I thought was, um, Poder del Norte wasn't nearly as violent as they can be or have been in the past, um. Uh, I think Mr. Iguana would probably disagree with me on that because he was really the only one that really got victimized big time by Bo del Norte, especially the the closing sequence where he pretty much took all the, you know, the the finishing spots and everything to close out the match. Um, I think he was he might have been knocked silly for a bit, but he said he was doing okay. But I thought that was a good match, um, good opener. I wasn't. I would say it wasn't quite at the level of some previous openers that they've had. But again, I think the reason for that was really that there was no crowd and I think the crowd would have made a lot of a big difference for this match, especially because um, Podel del Norte because of how, off, how violent they can be with their offense, how it comes across. I think that would have sold a little bit more with the, a crowd being there. Um, the second match was a three-way match for the AAA World Tag Team titles. Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. beat Mystic Jr. and Octagon and Ray Scorpion and Tejano Jr., um, this was a very good match. Uh, I thought Phoenix looked amazing in this match. Early on, uh, Mr. Seas Jr. and Octagon Jr. nearly killed, um, hurt themselves on a dive. Um, really, really short. Um, fortunately, Uh, I think Phoenix and Penta were the ones on the outside and they were able to catch him and it didn't come across nearly as bad. And plus, the good thing was Mysticis Jr. and Octagon Jr. were quickly back doing um, big dives afterwards. So there was no big um, issue. Uh, Phoenix looked amazing in this match. Ray or Scorpion used the bat to injure Pentagon Jr.'s knee, uh, further injure his knee. And uh, Pentagon Jr. was taken out to the back. I thought that was a I at that point I kind of thought maybe that was their way of getting the titles off of Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. um but what ended up happening was Phoenix really had a, a a really strong run at that point in time against everyone involved in the match um I thought that was really the highlight and then um and then Pentagon Pentagon Jr. returned and and ha- he and Phoenix um, were able to retain the titles I thought that was a a good a good thing to do um it's probably best not to have guys lose titles during empty arena, um, the era of empty arenas. Um, so I maybe it made more sense just to keep it on them and wait till there's a crowd, because crowds obviously you want, you want that pop when, when a title change happens. Um, after the match, Taurus came out and he and the other mercenarios attacked everyone. Um, Hijo del Vikingo then came out and made the save, and Hijo del Vikingo looked amazing. He did this a couple of good. Moves in the to to close out the the, the him rescuing Octagon Junior and Mysticis Junior, um, that pretty much seems to be setting up Hinetes Elayda versus Meshcenarios. Um, who knows if that's even going to happen? Because given what the situation, uh, we can't really give a definite answer as far as what's going to happen with Triple A um, going down the road. Um, but like I said, that was a good match. That was then followed by the Copa Triple Mania Femenil. I think this match, when they first announced it, was pretty solid. Um, they had six women involved. Uh, but it ended up being um, Lady Shawnee ended up winning, beating Fabi Apache, Lady Amaravilla, Chica Tormenta, La Yedra, Hades, Pimpinela Scarlatta, Mamba, and Big Mommy. Like, the last three were people that were just added into the match. Um, this match was Royal Rumble rules. Um, early eliminations being done, thrown over the top rope. With the final two... Then being determined in a regular singles match, um, at first it kind of seemed like that wasn't going to be the the case because there was a little bit of confusion confusion. Um, only i think hugo savinovich was the only one that kind of knew that this was going on because he kept bringing up that the rule was over the top but there were a couple people on online that weren't really sure and i think even jose manuel guillen was a little bit confused and then later on he as as people were getting thrown out over the top rope he realized that that was the case so they were able to keep going with that the order of elimination was hades um out first and she had a really uh, cool new outfit um kind of like a i guess it's japanese inspired type of thing like a cat um, I thought it looked cool. Uh, followed by Big Mommy, Chica Tormenta, Mamba, Pimpinella Scarlata, Fabi Apache. And then the final three were La Hedra, Lady Shiny, and Lady Maravilla. Um, Lady Shiny then submitted Lady Maravilla to win the match. Getting to the final segment where it was just the last three women involved was really rough. Uh, match was not good at all. Um, even when the final three men, women were in it, I think there were moments where they just could not do stuff properly. Um, La Yedra tried to, tried to do a submission spot where all three women were hooked together. And somehow that just looked like like when she went for it, it just looked like all three of them were laying, laying on the mat. Did not look good. Um, horrible um, spot right there. And then once La Yedra was eliminated, Lady Shani went into um, submission maestra mo- mode and that's pretty much all she did against Lady Maravilla and finally won the match. Um, I thought that was like the cool spot. I didn't, I wasn't really that, ex- this match just was was not good at all. Um, underperformance. Um, I was not impressed with this. And and the only, like I said, the only cool thing was at the end when Lady Shani was doing all the submission holds. Um, at the end of it, Lady Flammer ran out and attacked Lady Shani, joining La Ma- Lady Maravilla and La Hedra looks like they're going to be a new faction i, I guess she replaces kira in that group because um, kira is still not uh, available right now um so lady flammer has the look i think people were always wondering when she was going to be in either triple a um not so much CMLL. although she has mentioned that she had some interest in working in CMLL, but she just doesn't fit that she's too um she's too young i mean let's be honest if you're young and talented I don't think your probably your ideal spot is um, CMLL, especially given the current situation right now. Um, I thought she looked she looked solid in this. Um, that group should be interesting, but like I said, this this match was really probably to me the worst match on the card. That was then followed by um, Los Psycho Circus, Monster Clown, Murder Clown, Psycho Clown beating Blue Demon Jr. L.A. Park hijo de L.A. Park. Um, Blue Demon Jr. and the Parks did not ha- get along; had issues throughout. Uh, which pretty much led to Psycho Circus getting the win. I thought this was probably the the second weakest match on the show. Um, Psycho Circus worked hard, but I mean, there was even a spot where um, I think it was Murder Clown nearly like if if LA Park doesn't get any closer for whatever reason, there was a, at least there was at least one near brutal dive miss. That 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 happened in this and uh, where they were very short in in their dives, and I thought um, murder could have <laughs> murder clown could have been murdered uh, uh, or, or or could have gotten hurt seriously in that, but Alley Park was able to catch him and he he actually mentioned that he got hurt during the dive, so, um, but it, for the match the match itself was really kind of just Alley Park walking around looking for weapons, um, very slow match nothing nothing very interesting happened during this match, um, not 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 a, not one of the the stronger matches. It was kind of cool seeing Psycho Circus back together again. But again, um, part of the charm of Psycho Circus is like them, their entrance and and them kidnapping a kid. There was no kids there, so so there was really nothing there to um, to really like differentiate this. And you know, there was really nothing to this match. Um, at the after this match, um, well, actually, I, I should mention some of the stuff that happened in during the early portion of the show. Triple um, A. During the show, they had a, sag, a dance segment featuring Charo Gonzalez, which led to the Triple A Hall of Fame ceremony for L- La Parca, the tr- Triple A version, the second one, um, who was inducted by Marcela Pena, Dorian Rodon, and La Parca's son, who is pretty much currently wrestling as Caris La Momia, and will at some point, the belief is at some point, he will be taking over as La Parca down the road. Um, they also had the band Molotov play a couple of songs midway through the show, which um, was really a nice touch to it. I thought that really made the show come across big time, uh, because Molotov is a pretty big, um, big group. Um, from the, I mean, still, still right now, but from the past, and and they they were a good get to get for Triple Mania. Um, they also had um, Barbie, v- Viela, who is um, Puma King's wife, and Anna Carbajal, were on the show doing um, interviews and promos, um, you know, promoting stuff for the show. Um, I don't know if that's going to continue, like I said, because, you know, everything with AAA is, you know, to be determined because of what happened um, after the the show. The fifth match on the show was Terror, Purpura, and Venenoid beating Arachno and Leyenda Americana. This was the Marvel Lucha Libre debut match. Um, Rudos continued their attack on the technicals until the lights went out. And when they came back on, La Estrella Cosmica, who was Lady Amara appeared and cut a promo. Um, this was, I thought this was just a, I thought it was an okay match, but really didn't come across very strongly. Um, I also was not impressed with the gear that the guys were wearing The, for a Marvel-inspired, Marvel-involved, not just Marvel-inspired, Marvel-involved um, characters. I would have thought Marvel would have put in a, would have asked to put in a little bit more work. Because um, honestly, we've seen, we've seen, um volador jr do at least a couple of these characters and he comes across hit the look is way better than what these guys were wearing um i wasn't that impressed with it even um aris does a really good job of looking like a bit a bit more of a uh a venom looking character than than some of the what these guys were honestly there's a lot of the tutors that have done it um volador jr primarily but um i didn't i wasn't that impressed with the gear that they had on um for the most part you could tell right away who was who um But the easiest to figure out was Terror Purpura, which it immediately looked like Brian Cage. Um, Venanoid was Taurus. Arachno was Leo Rush. And Leyenda Americana was Daga. Um, They. And obviously, like I said, Estrella Cosmica was Lady Maravilla. The plan is that. The plan at that point in time was that there was going to be more, I guess, more Marvel characters. Now we don't know because of this deal that's. um, This lawsuit that's going on. Who knows? We might actually have Marvel lose interest in working this all out again. Um, who knows what's going to happen with that um, like I said but the match itself wasn't particularly that strong I wasn't expecting much out of this but I, I think the trouble with this is that in order for this have, to have been come across a lot stronger they really probably needed to do um, the technicals had to be a little bit more of a high flying type of guys and the rudos probably had to be a little bit more allowed to be a little bit more aggressive and I don't know I, I didn't think it was that strong of a match overall. Um, that was then followed by the Kenny Omega beating Loretto Kid to retain the AAA World Mega Heavyweight title. Um, Omega beat Loretto Kid with a middle rope one-winged angel after Loretto Kid was briefly distracted by Michael Nakazawa who was Omega's second. Um, Hijo del Vikingo was Loretto Kid's, kid's second. Um, I thought this match was excellent. Um, I would put this up there with the Titan Sobrano Jr. for match of the year in Mexico which you know honestly even without as with the limited amount of matches that have and shows that have happened in mexico this year um these those two matches probably would have still ended up being within that the top five best matches of the year um this match was awesome Um, loretto kid looked like he belonged as a star um very interesting to see that he went from being another wrestler pretty much rey cometas another one that this year um seemed to have gone from you know, although Ray Cometa not nearly at the level of Loretto Kid, and to be fair, Ray Cometa had a, a few more um, brighter moments a couple of years ago when when he first showed up in CMLL. Um, but Loretto Kid really, the the since you know the last two three years has really skyrocketed into onto the scene in Mexico and you know internationally as well. Um, he was he looked like he belonged against Kenny Omega, um, Kenny Omega, you know. For whatever reason there's a lot of like there's a lot of um people that aren't big fans of him but i think what makes what works for him as far as being the triple a world mega champion is that um, he's able to work with the, with some of the guys that normally wouldn't get heavyweight title matches like phoenix dragon lee um, loretto kid um, usually when they would go with a heavyweight champion it would probably be like you know, Dr. Wagner Jr. somebody or somebody who's more of a veteran. And usually those guys would stick to working with um, you know, other main event, you know, superstar already established superstars, not giving a, a younger guy the opportunity, um, as opposed to like what Kenny Omega's been able to do. And, you know, I thought this match had, had some good spots. Um, I really dug the spot where um Loretto Kid and Hijo de Vikingo jumped off of those giant tires onto Kenny Omega and, and Nakazawa. Um this was a really well done match. I, I definitely recommend people watching this. Um, it's on the, it's on the Luchesteka, um, the version of the Triple Man that Luchisteca has on their YouTube channel. So you could, ch- you could still watch that on there. Um, I, I'm assuming it's still on there. Honestly, at this point in time, who knows by the time you listen to this, it could be all a, all a complete mess. Um, uh, what's going on. But, you know, like I said, this match was awesome. Uh, I, I really think Loretto Kid is somebody who should probably already, if he wouldn't have gone on that, um, that show where he's stuck on an island for, a, for several months, I think he was definitely going to be somebody that would have been right now on, on AEW shows uh, on a regular basis. And unfortunately, he, he went on that show and he wasn't, he wasn't able to make it on time for, the, for AEW. Um, but hopefully they give him a chance. After that, we get the main event, which is Pagano beating Chessman in a hair match. Pagano got the win by going with the the Air Raid crash off the stage onto a pickup truck with a table in it. Los Mercenarios, Los Jinetes del Aire, and Lady Shani all got involved at certain points in the match. Um, This was a really good match as far as what it is as as a trying to be a death match, although it was a little bit more toned down for a Pagano match because there was no fire. Um, they did go through ladders and tables. Usually it was the guy who was setting up the ladder or the table that ended up going through that um, that that piece of furniture. Um, Pagano looked like he was in pain just the the number of times he went through. that one time he went through the ladder. Um, that did not look like something that was uh, that did not look like it went sm- smoothly and um, chessman the same. Um, I thought I thought the post match head shaving was was great. Um, They had Chessman's daughter come in and and shave his head or cut his hair off. And as he's doing that, he's tossing the hair at at Pagano, like telling him, here, you could have it, and just throwing it at at him. I thought that was great. Um, I thought it was a a really really good match. Very enjoyable. Um, Over-delivered what I expected because I'm not really a big Pagano um, fan. And um, Chessman, he's probably like, somebody who was far great better, you know, early in his career in the last couple of years because of everything he's done and gotten older. He's not as um he's not as good as he once was, but he's still, you know, delivered and he's still somebody that's willing to uh, put his body on the line in big matches and and you can't you can't um you can't discredit these guys because they put a lot of effort into their match. Um, even if you're not a big fan of the deathmatch style, I thought that was something that they, they really delivered well. And to be fair, this is something I will say across the board for all everybody involved, the effort on this show was far better than um, I've seen from CMLL guys at certain points. Just because you know they kind of looked like they were really excited to be out there, um, wanted to entertain the fans, knew what was at at risk, and um, that pretty much led to a really good really good show. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun show. Um, unfortunately what followed was all just bad afterwards. But, um, like I said, if, if you told me to, 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 to rate, um, triple mania, I would probably give it about a nine out of 10, eight, eight out of 10, really eight to nine out of 10. Um, like I said, the only thing I really, really didn't like was the women's match and, and the, the, the psycho circus match I could have done without, but even that was okay. Um, and even the women's match I thought was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that long, Um, They've had triple triple manias that have almost gone like what seemed to be forever, which usually is about 40, 45 minutes. This wasn't that long. And the other thing I thought was really helpful was the, I really enjoyed the Hall of Fame segment that they did for La Parca and also the Molotov concert. Um, So really, like I said, nine out of 10, I would give that um, because of everything else and how great the the, the final matches were, were were really good. Um, Really enjoyed the show. Um, I would say check it out, but like I said, like i said search out the Luchisteca uh, youtube channel and see if it has it on there um you'll get at least half the show on there um, but unfortunately like i said we got to talk about the rest of the stuff um uh, because a few days later triple a's youtube channel had been terminated that's right their channel was terminated at first we noticed triple mania wasn't was taken down from there and you know nobody really thought much of it just said you know maybe they're they're just editing out some of the stuff that they don't want on there for music rights or or whatever that's cutting into the monetization of the the video but then pretty soon the the entire channel was terminated um it's gone um who knows if it's going to come back who knows if it's going to come in a different variation um i have nobody knows a few people have contacted AAA to find out what's going on, and they haven't heard back from them. Um, they did not hear anything from them. So, you know, for all we know, it could be done, It could be they might have to restart another YouTube channel, maybe a, under a different name. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's the other thing I was thinking about this lawsuit. Um, at first, I didn't think nobody really thought it was a, a the lawsuit necessarily, but then um, a couple of days after that, the Facebook page was became only the the AAA Facebook page became only visible to those in in Mexico. So I guess that's what's going on. They're pretty much only being allowed to be on and, you know, viewed on in Mexico. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's the lawsuit, Uh, which really is, I don't know, like you're trying to get the most money out of triple, out of the, the AAA Mexico side of things and you lose the YouTube channel. So suddenly um, whatever amount they would have made from what, The last week all the way to however long they're going to be terminated, which could be forever. You're talking about, you know, who knows how much, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're not going to get that. Um, Seems like a bad business decision. You know, with with the Facebook page going down, um, only being visible in Mexico and the YouTube channel being terminated, um, it continues the trend of within Lucha Libre tradition of every time there is good news or um, usually bad news follows. Or the uh, you know vice versa, um, I don't know what's going on with this. Um, I I would have. It's amazing that this deal just. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really surprise me because we've seen other um, a lot of. A lot of when it comes to business, there's all sorts of issues. When it, when you the more people you add into a business deal. The worse to get, the 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 more likely there's going to be issues within that deal, and this is kind of what happened. Um, I don't even know what the mix what if this will lead to another issue with, you know, Marvel maybe backing out of their deal with AAA, um, and you know at this point with corona, the COVID nineteen pandemic going on, who knows what's going to happen with AAA. I am really curious to see if this, what's going to come out of this whole situation with AAA. Um, I would not be shocked like if they started another um they just started under a different um promotion or something and they kind of just leave the the promotion as antonio pena and all that you know having to deal with the the legal issues and that's what it's gonna get you know i don't know like they'll switch over to another business name or something just so they could get out of it uh with new logos and stuff like that just i don't know i think there's something something's gonna happen where it's um, they they're gonna have to settle it because this 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 is a, a complete mess. Um, how many years have we seen AAA talking about how they're gonna be um, an international promotion? Um, I constantly and it's funny because we're gonna talk about a, a, um, doctor Alfonso Morales and I was watching an interview with him where he was talking about how he was really praising Dorian Roldan as as far as being a businessman. Um, for whatever reason this you know and it's not just him. For whatever reason, this always seems to happen with AAA. Um, Some sort of weird business issue happens. And, you know, maybe it's just the people involved just don't really read the fine print and deals and, you know, this happens. Um, I don't know. It just seems really bad, like a bad, just something that they could have, I think there was a way where they could have just, kept out of this and it's even made worse because now with the pandemic they can't even run shows um so wrestlers aren't making any money um i saw that planchitas was saying that that there's already some some rumors of unrest within the talent um i don't really buy that just because there's nowhere to go right now honestly you, at some there might not even be a, a, there might even be a travel ban at some point just because of what's going on with the pandemic and you know everything that's going on during the winter months um I would say just wait a couple of months um and see if this changes. The big concern is that the fact that triple that A YouTube channel is down, um, that is really bad. Not to mention they actually previously had that Twitch deal and now they didn't have that. Um, I don't know. It's kind of I think triple A is kind of in limbo right now. We always talk about like certain wrestlers being in limbo and now it's like an entire promotion being in limbo. We don't know what's gonna happen. Although we've seen other promotions go through stuff like that where um suddenly they stop running shows or they're not as visible Uh, but this one's really bad just because of how big triple a is i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting um i i hope we have some news within the, the next couple of days but i don't really see that happening considering what everything that's going on in the world as like i said with the pandemic going on CMLL and several other lucha promotions canceled shows as um mexico city is now in the red light the red zone so they actually had them cancel they decided to cancel because i think they can't they have to be uh, there's lockdown after a certain hour and um cml just didn't see the point in running shows at that point um of course with that going on iwrg still ran a show you can't stop iwrg coronavirus cannot stop iwrg from running shows uh, i don't know why they're, they're still doing it um Unless they're getting some money out of Mas Lucha, which I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, now suddenly Mas Lucha is the biggest uh, moneymaker probably in, in Lucha Libre as far as um, streaming um, video and all that. Um, I think that's a big thing. I think I think that's the lesson AAA has to learn that maybe they shouldn't make deals <laughs> that where they're willing to give up their intellectual property to other people because this is what happens. I think even the, I think the one from the, a couple of years ago, they also had legal issues as well. The, the one that, um the one, the, the, the company that took them on those tours were, um, they, they, I think it was like a cheese company or something. And they had, um, they had like two shows, one in Los Angeles. And I think one in, I'm thinking in Las Vegas or San Diego. And, um I think that also had some, some it wasn't as big of a legal issue as this, but there was, there was a, a little bit of, um, of a problem within those, within that um, partnership. Uh, so, and you know, even like Lucha Underground, when that broke up, it kind of seemed like something weird happened there as well. Every, every single deal that they've made, something's, something's happened. Um, but CMLL was, um, I should mention, as getting back to the cancellation of shows, um, CMLL canceled their Christmas show, which, you know, now means they had actually announced Volador Jr. versus Bandito, I think like a week prior. And, or a couple of days prior to that, and now that's not happening again. Um, we may never get that match, if, especially if Bandito ends up like becoming more of a regular in the United States. Uh, you don't. We don't really know. So, um, hopefully, it does happen at some point. Uh, but that sh- that is now canceled. Um, it's a big mess right now, unfortunately. And honestly, I think the most important thing is that everybody stay healthy <laughs> and um, avoid being. In, gr- in large groups of people. Um, the fact that I saw those IWRG shows with so many people in attendance, um, that really, like, that was a little bit wild. Um, but, you know, the now that these shows are all canceled, hopefully, I mean, hopefully this, with the vaccine out now, maybe, it'll, maybe we'll get some sort of normalcy later in 2021. And that's the problem. Like, I don't know if these promotions are really going to be able to, like, survive that m- long of a time period without shows um hopefully once they get they get a little bit um i don't know i mean honestly because i was gonna say hopefully once they get a little bit the the cases the covid cases lower um but right now during the winter time it's at an all-time high everywhere especially in the united states california is really bad um we're in california i'm in california um and it's it's pretty bad um it's it's gotten to the point where um we took we. My dad had to be in the hospital a couple um, days ago. Not not COVID related. It was um. He was experiencing some leg swelling and and some other issues, and we had to take him to the hospital. And um, he stayed for about a a day in the emergency room because they did not have any beds available. He did get a bed later on. He's doing he's doing better now. He's back home. Um. He just has to like go to a bunch of doctors' appointments, checkups, and stuff like that. But um. Other than that. Um, but like I said, there was a lot. Like here, there's like I think that there's zero percent capacity as far as um, beds. But yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, and, you know, people don't listen. That's the problem. Wear masks, social distance, um, don't gather with so many people. But you know, people don't listen. That's the that's the problem. We're we're in a world where you know even like the some of the places that that were listening, I think it just kind of fatigue staying at home, it just fatigued a lot of people and just led to a lot of people making some really poor decisions. Um, I've kind of followed the, the, the guidelines mostly because, you know, being in a wrestling, you know, writing about wrestling and seeing who's hearing about guys experiencing through that, you know, people on Twitter, some of my friends going through it. um, It's, it made me like more aware, like I can't do certain things and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to risk. Like I said, I have my parents to worry about. I have a a niece who has a heart condition that I have to worry about. Um, other relatives that I don't, I don't want to like even just, you know, cause that, you know, any issues. So, you know, really it's very minimal amount of people and the people I've only seen have only been, um, you know, the like my sister, her, my nieces, my nephew, but anybody else we have not seen, um, you know, I haven't even seen Kurt. Like if you were wondering why Kurt Brown hasn't been on the show, it's because he hasn't been on because, you know, usually we do it at my house and he's not coming over here because he's, he's in that high risk group as well. He, he beat cancer a couple of years ago and, um, that's, those are some of the people that, you know, they're more prone to get, um, to catch, um, a virus. So he's not, he's not, um, he's not really going out as much, um, I would have him on more often, but you know, like I said, right now I'm dealing with this, with my, my parents, my dad's health issues. So um, hopefully once that's over and, and also the holidays, um, we'll try to get him back on the podcast and see what he's been up to. Uh, Plus he doesn't watch a lot. He wasn't going to watch triple mania anyway. Then he would have watched it. He probably would have watched it if it was available afterwards, but then it wasn't available afterwards. So it would have been like, what's the point of doing a show about that? Um, So, you know, Maybe once it's once it's over, we'll just have a quick, um, just what's going on, and maybe do some um, some topic show, topical type of show. He's done a, he's done the Patreon. If you guys are wondering, um, if you miss Kurt, he's done a couple of Patreon shows. Uh, he's been on there uh he did the we did two episodes of Titans in that ring if you're really dying to hear kurt brown on a podcast plus he does um he does a lot of shows he's done 605 super podcasts, and i think there's like a couple of other podcasts that he does appearances on um but yeah like i said once this is over i i, I really hope this is we come back to some sort of normalcy and we could get back to doing um our regularly scheduled podcasts um so the other big news was um Dr. Alfonso Morales passed away on Thursday, December 17th from kidney failure at the age of 71. Um, like I was talking about with my dad, um, the day Dr. Alfonso Morales passed away was actually the day that we took my dad to the hospital. Um, and so it was it, it, it was a little bit difficult to like get the news. When I got back home, I saw that, 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 that Dr. Alfonso Morales had passed away. And that's when I was like, wow. And that's the other thing. Um, If... if a relative gets sick, or or you know, and you have to take him to the hospital. You can't really stay with him; um, he's pretty much there alone. And you know, you have to call the call the hospital and find out, get some updates and stuff like that. And that's kind of a pain in the ass. But um, you know, you know, fortunately he's back home. But um, but with Doctor Alfonso Morales, when I saw that, I was like, I was like, man, you know, I was really bummed out because you know he was one. You know, as far as announcers, um, I think he's probably the. You know, they kind of you kind of put him up there with Jim Ross, Lance Russell, Gordon Solie, um, the the level of announcers who are larger than life. You know, have a you know, they're the guys who like kind of define an era, a time period in, in, a, in, 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 professional wrestling, a territory, um, Dr. Mor, uh, Alfonso Morales pretty much did that for Mexico, um, he might have been a far bigger name than those, the other guys, because he, not only did he do wrestling, he did boxing, is very well respected in those two, in those two, um, what they called sports, um, and he also did a lot of reporting, um, contributing and being part of super luchas and and boxy luchas so and other newspapers so you know that was actually something that that he was like i said he was and for the most part for all of us even though you may have not known all this other stuff that he did the fact that you would if you tuned in from about the if you lived in the united states and you're watching lucha libra on, on, on gallivision in the 80s because in mexico it didn't start until like the late 80s early 90 um you basically were familiar with you, you basically grew up listening to Dr. Alfonso Morales. I mean honestly that that that's the that was the guy that that you heard. Um, you had other guys like Pedro Mago Septien and then later on you had uh, Miguel Linares, Leobardo Magadan, Arturo Rivera, um, Andres Maroñas, uh, Enrique Llanes was on on as well. Uh, a long list of guys that that, that Jesus Uniga, but Doctor Alfonso Morales was always the consistent guy throughout. Um, and, you know, I used to get a kick out of him doing the the Que Barbaro Magadan. That was my favorite. I always got a kick out of that. I I still love saying that e, even on. I think we all do that on, on Twitter now. Every once in a while, when somebody says something dumb, or or tells a story, and we tell him Que Barbaro Magadan. Um, I know he did it for Rivera as well, but it's more, for us, I think for me, it's more common with Magadan just because it sounded better. Um, and then you also had to like the close of the show with, um, with, with Televisa Deportes, uh, La Mejor Lucha Libre. Es, Televisa Deportes, La Mejor Lucha Libre del Mundo. Um, that was also the, the other tagline, so many phrases. A lot of the nicknames that a lot of the wrestlers, Genesillo Azul, um, El Maestro Lagunero, all these nicknames, they would not have gotten over without Dr. Alfonso Morales. And, you know, I think that's what was cool about it. Even during, um, I was watching a lot of his, um, you know, since I watch a lot of the older stuff, you hear him, like, a lot of the wrestlers would talk, would always, like, thank him and the other announcers for, like, making them bigger stars because without them, they wouldn't have been big stars. Um, There's that one, um, there's one, somebody uh, posted a, a, a brief clip of L.A. Park, I'm um, greeting Dr. Alfonso Morales and telling him how, how, um, without, he thanked them because he he was a big part of, um, Lucha Libre and without him, he wouldn't have been a big star. Same thing with Rey Mysterio Jr. and guys like that. And he, um, and of course, at the end, at Bing LA Park, he tells them, so long, Tinieblas. That was the other thing, Tinieblas, um, joke, running joke that never ended, where people kept saying, Dr. Alfonso Morales was Tinieblas. Um, I thought that was a cool, like a fun thing. And then he would always disappear whenever Dini Ablas was wrestling um, to keep the, the mystique, the, the rumor going. Um, I thought that was funny. Um, it went on for a long time. You know, he's somebody that, you know, he's going to be very missed just because he was he was the voice for so many years. I mean, we're talking about the beginning of Lucha on GalaVision back in 82, 83, all the way up to about, I would guess, two thousand early two thousand like two thousand ten through two thousand twelve or so. I mean, he was on. I mean, he wouldn't be on I think towards the end of his career of his run with Lucha on Televisa, he wasn't on all the time, but he would be he would pop up every so often. But um yeah, he was such a big part. I mean, I remember him calling all those um all the the Rayo de Jalisco Junior um Caras match, the Viano three Atlantis match. That's one of those moments where you know, I remember Ray Mendoza was so sad, was was crying, um, very emotional, and you know, Moral, Dr. Morales and all the the announcers were kind of emotional as well. Um, that was a fun, a, a cool moment. And then there's also I always always enjoyed the when he would start arguing with the Rudo te- um, announcers, where you know he would walk off, him and um, him and M- Miguel Linares would walk off and leave um, Diobardo Magadan alone talking. Or Jesus Uniga, they would leave him alone there talking um, to close the show. I thought that was always fun to watch. Um, it's, it's sad to hear that he passed away, but he gave us so many cool moments. Um, and, he, you know, his philosophy in life was really uh, something that I think we all should, um, should follow. Um, I wrote a, 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 an obit for him. Um, check it out. I noticed Dave Meltzer wrote one really quickly as well, and he did, a, I, I thought his was excellent as well, as was um, Ernesto Campos over at Super Luchas. They all wrote really excellent um, obituaries for him. Um, each one of them had their own stories. I, you know, I, I, I tried to add as, as much as I possibly could that was a little bit different to it, but for the most part, you know, I think it's just cool to, like, talk about, you know, him as a, and his importance in Lucha Libre, which was huge. I mean, he was a huge part of getting Lucha Libre over um, the announcers. I think people don't realize how big the announcers are. And sometimes um, promotions will just not see that and just throw in guys that don't really deliver. And a lot of times it's the announcer. Because I grew up, I mean, I've been fortunate. I grew up listening to, to Jim Ross when he did Mid-South and UWF Wrestling and then later w, um, WCW and, and WWE. And then um, Alfonso Mor- Dr. Alfonso Morales doing um, Lucha and um, so that was to me was like, that's that's what I grew up listening to. And then you know obviously like Bob Cottle and guys like that, um, you know Mark Lawrence with World Class, they they become a big part of your um, of your wrestling viewing where it's not just the wrestlers that you that you're you know you're not only watching the wrestling you want to hear the announcers. Same thing with the Japanese announcers. I mean if you don't hear them being emotional, odds are you. I, odds are, if I didn't hear that level of emotion during those matches, I would probably not even be as excited about um, Watching, you know, a lot of l- the Japanese wrestling at that time Because a lot of times that's what catches your eye And then later on you start you start discovering that, oh, you know, I need to watch all this other stuff And that's the same thing with Lucha, I think that's what Morale, Dr. Morales brought um, Yeah, you know yeah. That was that was you know it's been a it's been a, a rough month of December in, in Lucha Libre. Like I said, we had an all time um, positive moment with Triple Mania, but even that there was a little bit of a cloud because of the lawsuit. And then what followed with the AAA losing its YouTube channel. I mean, we now. I mean, in the last year we've we've lost yeah the last year we've lost two pretty big Lucha YouTube channels with um, the Cubs fans YouTube channel. Now um, AAA, who knows. Who knows what else is going to happen, because it's very unfortunate that these channels are, are just disappearing out of nowhere. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to be something where we're going to have to get, like, some sort of, some way to access these shows. Um, it's going to be a pain in the ass to watch these shows. Although, like I said, if they, if they allow the Lucha Stecca show to appear on YouTube, I think we should be okay uh, for the time being. Um, and like I said, even right now, like, there's nothing, there's not, not a lot going on right now with the pandemic. So that's about it for this week. Uh, be sure to visit LuchaWorld.com for all of your latest Lucha Libra news. And for old school wrestling reviews, go out and check RetroWrestling.com for added content like podcasts, the Lucha Magazine write-ups, uh, and the Video Vault that's available at the $5 reward tier. Um, check it out at our Patreon at patreon.com slash world. Also be sure to check out the Retro Wrestling YouTube channel where you can find more content like the Retro Wrestling Reviews. The Lucha World podcast is on there as well in case you would rather listen to it on YouTube. We also have every Saturday the Stan Hansen Saturday episode where we look back at a Stan Hansen match every week. And there will be a more content on there as well including stuff that I will be doing later on. Check that out. Subscribe. Be sure to like videos when you're on there. Thanks, everyone, again, for listening to this podcast. So long.